All right, hello, hello, hello. This is about to be some exciting, uh, revelational scriptures that y'all are about to get tonight, man. We're gonna talk tonight about the precious blood of Yeshua, our Messiah. But before we do that, you already know we gotta take it to the man in prayer. So, by your heads, Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord, just. First of all, in the name of your son, Yeshua the Messiah, thanking you for loving us and, and watching over us and caring for us, uh, for being there even when we felt like you wasn't there, for protecting us and, and, and giving us your word, your living word uh, for every day of life that we're uh, on this path, Lord. And sometimes we struggle and we don't know what to do. We know that we can turn to your word for all of the answers. Father, tonight I pray and ask that your spirit uh, speak through me, Lord, and allow the people, your people, to uh, have a good understanding about how precious your blood actually was. Um, we give you all the praise and glory, and we claim this done in your son, Yeshua's name. Amen. All right, look, y'all, we got to get into it, because I'm I'm I got a lot of bases to cover, but I'll try to sum it up in, in short. What you will be able to do, though, is go back. Uh, listen again and write the scriptures down for yourself and go in, go in, go dig in and see uh, what I'm talking about uh, when it comes to the word and the blood and, and see that uh, nothing is contradicting and everything I speak, I try to back it with the word. Um, so listen, when the Messiah went to the cross, or even before he went to the cross, when when he was praying and it said that uh, he sweated as if it were great drops of blood, um, you have that uh, moment of when uh, I think it first spoke of him shedding any type of blood. But then throughout the sacrifice, uh, throughout his crucifixion, uh, you have times where, you know, they was beating him and just whipping him, whipping his back and just doing all these things to where um, his body bled and he bled. Uh, but then at the last, he was on the cross and he hung and he bled and died. And it says that at the end, the soldier took a spear and pierced his side uh, to see if he was still alive. And it said that out of his body came water and blood. All right. Now, what I want to do is I want to talk about the blood, but I'm going to have to take you back. OK, understand that no, no corrupt thing can enter into heaven. We talked about that. But we're going to try to do this in a, in a certain type of order because I really want you to follow and see uh, just how important the blood is okay so um first peter 1 18 through 19 says you were not redeemed with corruptible things and then it goes on it says but with the precious blood of christ or of the messiah so you wasn't redeemed with corruptible things it lets you know that off the rip and if we've been redeemed by the blood then that must mean the blood is incorruptible right See, this reveals that we're redeemed with something incorruptible, which is the blood. It is eternal. The blood is eternal. Why? Because of the blood of the Messiah. That blood was the very blood of God. Now, this is how you prove that. Well, before I prove it through scripture, I want you to uh, think about this. Let's let's prove it through nature and, and just the human, the human. In order for a woman to get pregnant, the male semen has to go inside the female. And we know that the male semen has the blood 
the uh, semen blood cell, uh, the sperm cells has blood cells. And it is that sperm cell, that blood cell that goes inside of the of the female that causes her to get pregnant, that causes her to have a baby is through his blood, through the man's blood, his seed. Women don't have seed. Man has to put the seed inside of woman. So understand that. And that seed and that sperm cell is a blood cell. So when the baby is born, that's how it has the blood of the mother and the father. All right. So now in Acts 20, 28, now, now the, the theologians, uh, they say that this really ain't the blood of God because, you know, the spirit, of, because, you know, God is spirit and, you know, spirits don't have blood. But see what they fail to see is that things created are only a shadow of heavenly things see people people don't understand and when you take the word and you understand that it says that all things created are only a shadow of heavenly things and if you want to know what that said that's hebrews chapter 8 verse 5 scripture says uh there there are celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies that's first corinthians 15 and 40 there's celestial bodies and there's terrestrial bodies. In other words, there are mortal bodies and there are immortal bodies. Or there are physical bodies and there are spiritual bodies. That's what that's saying. Now, God has a celestial body, which is a spiritual body. Which has all that terrestrial body has. Now, what that means is he has a head. He has arms. He has fingers. You understand? Except they are spiritual and they're incorruptible. So when I say celestial bodies have all the terrestrial bodies, uh, have all what the uh, terrestrial bodies have, I'm not referring to flesh and blood. You know, for uh, spiritual bodies don't have flesh, blood, nor bones. And that's, you could check, uh, I think, it's, you could check Luke 24, 39 for that. Yeah, 24, 39. Okay, um, but the spiritual bodies have a substance. Um, spiritual now I wrote this it says spiritual material of which they are made of a different type of chemical constitution than ours a different type of chemical constitution than ours in other words uh, trying to describe what the spiritual body is made of like uh, if I was to describe uh, what the human body is made of I tell you that there's skin there's blood you know, there's flesh, you know, and bones, you know, that. But if I describe to you what a spiritual body was, it wouldn't be that. It would be a kind of a higher quality of a substance because it, it's incorruptible. Do you see what I'm saying? The fact is the glory of the celestial body and the glory of the terrestrial body are different. But both are bodies. They both are bodies. God is spirit. And have a spiritual body with a shape. If you go look in John 5, uh, 3, 7, uh, 5 and 37. John 5 and 37, it says, I think it says um, uh, that you have neither seen his shape or, or you have never neither seen his face or seen his form. So you would have to go and check that. Now, the shape or form of God's body is humanoid. Having human form or characteristics 
um, as what it describes in certain scriptures, like uh, you can go check Ezekiel 1, 27. Uh, you can go check Exodus 33 and 23. It talks about his feet. Exodus 24 and 10, it talks about his hands. Now, Ezekiel 1, 27, if you don't want to go look, uh, it talks about his back and his face. Do you see what I'm saying? These are some of the characteristics of God that the Bible describes of him um, in which, you know, we have. So once again, Ezekiel 127 says he has a back and a face. Exodus 33, 23 says he has feet. Exodus 24, verse 10 says he has hands. See what I'm saying? And all we have is what he has. For we are made in his image and in his likeness. Uh, and that's Genesis 1, 26. I'm sure y'all know that. Now, I'm going to kind of try to speed through because there's a lot to cover. We may make this a part two, but I'm going to try to go through it. Okay. So God took the humanoid form of the eternal past uh, before there was time. Uh, God's original form is unknown. We can we can deduce that he had that he was an internal fire like being, because if you go back and look in the Bible and you read about how they described him, they always talk about that. He he had lightnings and he was he was made of light brighter than the sun. It always talked about him being brighter than the sun. So we know off the rip that his glory uh, is just a bright. The brightest light that you've ever seen is, is brighter than the sun. Uh, it's a light that's eternal, a light that will blind the human or probably explode your eyeballs because your body is human, which is why the Lord tells him, you can't look upon me or you will die. You know, because I'm thinking it's the glory of the Lord itself would just kill the human because we're so tainted with sin and he's perfect. But anyway, so uh, let me see. It says, uh, like I said, I wrote a lot. So I'm going to try to read some and I'll, I'll break some down. Okay, the simple fact that God has a body like ours, only spiritual, tells us that he have what we can call spiritual blood. It's not blood as we know blood, but it is spiritual. Now, now keep in mind, I got scripture that talks about uh, the blood of God. Matter of fact, hold on one second. Y'all can go look at Acts chapter 20, verse 28. It says, the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Whose blood? God's blood. The church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Again, that's Acts. What did I say that was? All right, I got to go look for it again. As a matter of fact, y'all could just go check it out. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. All right. So, um, okay, let me, let me find my place again. See, this, it, there's just so much to cover. It's not blood as we know blood, for it is spiritual, but, but it's something that moves up and down through his body, a current or energy continuously moving in a certain direction y'all know how our blood flows it's the same type of way uh uh god's blood's flowing now you say okay you you run you running and you running but i ain't here in scripture okay so here we go it says uh the certain direction flowing as a never-ending stream of energy power which is life uh for and from him the fountain of life 
originates Psalms 36 and 9. Um, the ancient of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was like a fiery flame, and the wheels as burning fire. A fire stream issued and came forth from before him. That's Daniel 7, 9, and 10. Note, from God issued energy in the form of fire, okay? God is discharging energy from himself. Notice that the throne have wheels. Why? Now, this is just my opinion, okay? This is my opinion of why, okay? I believe the wheels function as extractors of the energy of God. And then you got to kind of get a mental picture. Uh, God sits on the throne. The throne immediately begins to absorb the energy of God. And the wheel begins to turn and push out the energy of God as a stream of fire. See what I'm saying? We know this is happening because God is about to judge the little horn. And we'll talk about that bigger. The little horn and the beast, which is in, uh, I believe that's uh, Revelation. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That is, where is that at? I think it's in Revelations. I think it talks about it in Revelations 8, 8 through 11. But uh, the body of the beast was destroyed and given to the burning flame. We see the, we see the from God, energy came out. It's no different than when from Jesus came, or from Yeshua came out power to heal the woman with the issue of blood. Remember in Mark, I believe it was 5, Mark 530. Um, the energy that came from God in the form of a fire can take other forms as we see in Revelations 22 and 1, where we see it as a river of water, a pure river of life, fire, then water. See, you got to think about it. He's called all of that. Notice it proceeds out of the throne of God and Jesus, all, or, or Yeshua. All things are made of that energy. The only difference between them is the vibration of which each their shape, different variations. Now, think about what I'm saying. Different types of matter, but all energy. Everything around you is energy. Matter of fact, if you notice your hand, when you be still and think about, feel uh, your hand, you can feel the energy. It almost feels like sand pouring. Everything around you is made of energy. You have positive energy and negative energies. These are the basic sources of how you can live life. I'm going to have to break that down to y'all one time. All right. So uh, it just, and I believe that our Heavenly Father is a great energy, but he's not just the energy. He's power. And the, yeah, the energy holds power, but he's a form. He has a form. He has a form. For more proof, uh, uh, both that, uh, for both bodies have two of the same, or should I say the same character, but one is physical and one is spiritual. Uh, God has a soul and a spirit in his body as we do. Isaiah 42, 1, the soul of the body is in the blood. Let me say that again. The soul of the body is in the blood. And God gives us the blood to make atonement for our, for, for, for our souls. And you can check Leviticus 17, 11. The blood makes atonement for our souls when it's shed. Hebrews 9, 22, blood contains the life of the being. Genesis 9, 4, and that life is the soul 
and is the soul in the blood. Leviticus 17, 11. Therefore, being that Yeshua is the eternal life that was with the Father. 1 John 1, 2. And that life is the soul. Leviticus 17, 11. And the soul is in the blood. Yeshua, blood was his life. It was his soul. The life, the soul, and the blood of Elohim, of our Heavenly Father. That's why Elohim says, Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? That's Jeremiah 9, verse 9. That was, the, that was our Heavenly Father. That was the God above saying, Shall not my soul be avenged? All right? Yeshua poured out his soul unto death. Isaiah 53, 12, when he shed his blood for us. Luke 22 and 20. And gave his life as a ransom for many. Mark 10, 45. This is the promise of Elohim. I will set my tabernacle, Yeshua's body, among you. You understand something? Did you know that your tabernacle the, is you are the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit? When the Holy Spirit comes to live in you, you become a, the tabernacle of, of the Most High. See what I'm saying? And, and that's something very important that we need to keep in mind. So this is the promise of Elohim. I will set my tabernacle, Yeshua's body, among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. And I will walk among you and will be your Elohim and you shall be and you shall be my people. That's Leviticus 26, 11 and 12. The, the, our Heavenly Father letting them know I'm going to send the Messiah. Letting them know I'm going to send my son. I'm going to send me in my body and into in the body. And I'm coming to y'all and y'all going to be my people. I'm going to walk with y'all. And he came and he walked in the form of the Messiah Yeshua. This was fulfilled in John chapter 114. And will be fully fulfilled in Revelations 21 and 3 when he comes back. The tabernacle of Elohim is Yeshua. That's John 14, 10. Go check it out. Elohim's soul was in Yeshua. And because the soul is in the blood, the blood of Yeshua is the blood of Elohim. It's, it's, it's the blood of God. That's, you just got to see it like that. The blood of Yeshua was made from the energy which issued from Elohim and takes any form Elohim wants according to what he's doing. Now, pay close attention. In the incarnation, the soul of Elohim with the energy of Elohim was transported by the Holy Spirit where it took human flesh and bones and the energy turned into blood and the soul took the form of Elohim inside the body of Yeshua. Do you understand what I'm saying? The soul took the form of, I'm sorry, the soul took the form of Yeshua inside the body of Yeshua. Also, the human spirit of Yeshua took the form of his body. Now, let, let me break that down to you in, uh, I guess you could say, in, 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 in spiritual dummy terms. Okay, think about it like this. Okay, let me break it down to you in baby terms. How about that? Think about it like this. First of all, the Holy Spirit can get inside of a woman and can get inside of a man. The Holy Spirit can get inside of an animal. Now, somebody say, okay, you're kind of taking that too far. Well, let, let, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you this. You remember Balaam's donkey? It said that after Balaam had beat the donkey three times that the Lord 
opened the donkey's mouth and she began to say these words. My, my, my thing is this. Donkeys don't talk, y'all. I'm sorry. Now, you know, you could play and say human humans are jacked sometimes, but donkeys don't talk. The spirit came upon the donkey and began to talk to Balaam. All right? But that we ain't gonna we ain't gonna put too much time on that. So what I'm saying is the Holy Spirit took the form of the Messiah and became that very form and soul. All right. All right. Men gives the soul to the child. Remember, I told you that the, the 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 blood cell is the sperm cell. So it's the men that gives the soul to the child. It comes from the loins of the father. As we read, the souls that came with Jacob into Egypt. You understand what I'm saying? This is scripture. Who came out of his loins were three score. That's Genesis 46, 26. It says the souls that came with Jacob into Egypt, who came out of his loins. These souls came out of man loins. Genesis 46, 26. All the souls of the human race were in Adam's loins, as all the Hebrews were in the loins of Abraham. That's Hebrews 7 and 10. But the souls of Yeshua was from Elohim. You see what I'm saying? The so we put the souls inside the woman to have the baby. Nobody put the soul inside of Mary but Elohim, our Heavenly Father. He put the soul inside of Mary. So he put his blood cell inside of Mary in order to have Yeshua. Therefore, the blood of Yeshua was precious because it was the very blood of the Elohim himself. It was incorruptible. First Peter 1, 19, and incorruptible. After Yeshua shed his blood, his, his, his soul went to Hades. Now, I want you to keep in mind that his soul did go to Hades. It didn't, it didn't go to the flames. And we can talk about that later too. It didn't go to the flames. It went to Hades where the souls were. And it spoke to the souls. But we ain't going to go that far. We're just going to look at Acts 2.31. It talks about, uh, he said, I, uh, and my soul shall not be left in Hades. I believe that is. And after he went to heaven and by his own blood he entered in. Think about this. He went to heaven and by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place. Now that's Hebrews 9.14. So what you're telling me is he took his blood into the holy place. Only way you could take your blood is to the holy place is if it's already been capable of going to the holy place. It's because that's the blood of the Messiah. He entered to present his blood to the Father to obtain eternal redemption. Hebrews 9.14 but also to purify the heavenly things, Hebrews 9.23, which were defiled by Lucifer's rebellion, Isaiah 14.12-17. through 17. Having finished his work, he sat at the right hand of the majesty of, of, of on high, the Father. That's Hebrews 1.20, I mean, that's Hebrews uh, 1 and 3. Now, I gave you a whole bunch of scripture because my basic point to this whole thing was to let you know that the Messiah's blood wasn't just any kind of blood. It was the very blood of our heavenly father in disguise, our, our, our great Elohim, the all creator. It was his blood. That's why I was able to enter heaven. So think about it like this. Go back down and think about it like this. The Messiah wasn't just know anybody. 
You understand? He wasn't just anybody. He wasn't just a human being. He was 100% man. He was 100% Elohim in the flesh. He had all, he had power. Why did I correct it? Why didn't I say all power? It was because he did, he restrained himself from a certain amount of power. He stripped himself of his glory and came down to this earth as a babe. It wasn't until he died and rose that he rose with all power in his hands. But the only way he was able to do that is was that he had to take the blood, that precious blood that he shed. He took that. See, it didn't just waste. It didn't just stay. He took that blood and presented it before the altar. And then after he presented it and did that for us, man, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Tell me why you wouldn't want to praise someone like that. Why wouldn't you want to worship someone like that? Someone that went through the beatings and the whippings and the and we'll go into detail on that one day, too. But why wouldn't you want to why wouldn't you want to worship somebody like that? Who went through all that hell and then at the end he resurrected, grabbed his blood <laughs> and was like, "I, right, we, we, we the, the, the mission is complete here. I'm so powerful. I'm so godly. I'm so majestic that I'm going to say, let me go and get all the blood that I shed. And let me go take that up to, uh, to the altar. See, he didn't leave his blood on earth. That's not what the scriptures say. Go back and look at the scripture. He didn't leave his blood on earth. He, he didn't leave it. So if they tell you they found a rag that had the Messiah's blood on there, it had his blood on there. I'm sorry. I, I don't believe that because it contradicts everything what it says about when he says that he took his blood and he presented it before. Let me explain something to you. The Messiah don't waste. He don't waste. Matter of fact, when he fed everybody the 5,000, he said, take the fragments. And I think it was seven baskets full of stuff left over of leftovers. Because he don't waste. You understand? So when he rose and he said, let me get my blood and go present it before the altar, he took all of it. He took all of it. He didn't leave none for scientists to find and to, 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 to uh, go in. It. No, he didn't do that. I'm sorry. That's not scripture. That's not what thus said the word of the Lord, man. It said he presented his blood. Best believe he took every drop. He don't waste it. All right. So understand that the blood of the Messiah, yes, is very precious and none of the blood was left behind. Every drop of the blood of the Messiah is in heaven presented before the altar. That's what the word says. The word don't say every drop, but y'all know. Let your spirit, let, let the spirit uh, give you an understanding. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear and know that every drop of blood of the blood of the Messiah was delivered in heaven. It was delivered to heaven. And uh, I just want to thank y'all for bearing with me. I know that's been a minute, 27 minutes to be exact. Uh, what I want to run through now for the uh, Yeshua freaks, the ones who just need a little bit of extra, I'm going to go ahead and run through some scriptures uh, for the next one minute that you can go back and rewind and uh, get these scriptures down of what the blood of Yeshua does, what it actually does. Uh, it redeems, Ephesians 1, 7. It justifies, Romans 5, 9. It sanctifies, Hebrews 13, 12. It propitiates, Romans 3, 25. It makes peace with Elohim, Galatians 1, 20. It cleanses sins, 
1 John 1, 7. It gives us victory, Revelations 12, 11. It makes the covenant of Elohim. Uh, it makes the covenant with Elohim, Hebrews 10, 29. It gives us entrance to the Father, Hebrews 10, 19. It cleanses our vestment, Revelations 7, 14. It cleanses our conscience, Hebrews 9, 14. It purchases the church, Acts 20, 28. And it gives us communion, 1 Corinthians 10, 16. It makes us nigh to Elohim, in other, close, in other words, close to him, Ephesians 2, 13. It gives us forgiveness of sins, Colossians 1, 14. It allows the Lord to shepherd us, Hebrews 13, 20. We are sprinkled with it, 1 Peter 1 and 2. It witnesses for us, 1 John 5, 8. How can his blood witness for us? Blessed be in heaven, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for thus, said the Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your blood, most important, Lord. We give you all praise and glory, and we pray and ask that as the days go by, you continue to give to us, to reveal to us those spiritual things, the mysteries that uh, the world will never know. But Heavenly Father, you have chosen to reveal it to us, to your children, through your Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that you watch over the ones, those your listeners, and the ones who listen, Father, let them receive their blessing, Father. And we give you all praise and glory, and it's in your Son, Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen.